Welcome to wow. Garbage Film, the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty film, and we're here to say you can have fun watching both. And we do. And we do. My name is Nick, and with me, as always, is my... I keep panicking when I get to here. He's like, what? You're, we're, you're my partner. Aaron. Aaron is here. She's my partner. Aaron's here, everybody. <laughs> She's my partner and my co-host. Aaron. Aaron. Welcome, Aaron. Thank our, you, Nick. <laughs> to our table. To our home, yep. where we live. We are here. And what we do when we're here, often, is watch movies. The Segway Master has arrived. Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> and I mean that. A real... Hu- <laughs> You're very familiar with how I say things, and that's as good as it's going to get. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about an artist and movie that we hadn't heard of before, and I feel like it just came up a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elaine May and her uh, debut film, A New Leaf. Ooh. Oh, Henrietta, if you care for me at all, even if you don't care for me at all, but feel that you could learn to care for me at all in a reasonable amount of time, please say yes. There is often a tidy profit in speculation. I, I care for you, Henry. I do care for you. Oh, Henrietta. Ah, damn it to hell. Did you hurt yourself? No, no. Kneeling on broken glass is my favorite pastime. It keeps me from slouching. So here's uh, the rundown on this. If you're not aware of A New Leaf, it is from 1971. It's a, I would call it a very dark comedy. I have it as, uh, down as a black comedy. Yes. yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, written and directed by Elaine May. It was her directorial debut film, though she had written for movies previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also stars May uh, and Walter Matthau and... For the most part, there's no real third star. There's just a lot of scenes with there's other a characters. Stable of yeah, yeah, rotating other and like characters with a capital C. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yes. Uh, one of the only other person that I really recognized as we went through this was Uncle Andy, is played by Jack Weston, mm-hmm. who is just a character actor that's in a ton of stuff. He's, sure, yeah, sure. Um, so this, I love the premise for this. This feels like a very. It's not. It doesn't feel like a fifty-year-old. I. Was surprised going in how I, I like read the synopsis like oh, okay it's gonna be like a toned down version of that but no, no. Uh, <laughs> Henry Graham who's played by uh, Matthew is a useless millionaire playboy who has run out of money he's just fresh out of it um, so he comes to the only two solutions he can think of no he can only think of one solution he thinks uh, that the only solution is to kill himself yeah there is no other solution uh, but his butler manages to convince him that he could marry for money in order to just stay alive. And Matthew And have money. He takes some time to think about this. He's like, is it worth living if I have to spend time with anybody but me? He's not great, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> Real misanthrope. Uh, but through a search of potential women he can woo to marry who are rich, uh, he eventually settles on Henrietta Lowell, played by Elaine May, who is a rich, clumsy botanist with no family whatsoever. Uh, so Henry woos, marries, and plans the murder of Henrietta to inherit her money. But can he go through with it? Uh, More like, is he going to get a chance to go through with it? Because really, the the thing that I enjoy the most about this movie is that he's ready to kill this woman oh, at yeah. any second. And the the comedy of errors is just like... A kid wanders into the room, or you know, the butler is there suddenly. Like, it's not—is he going to kill her? It's just like, when is he going to get the chance? It's real pokeru before pokeru. Like, this is—I always think of. <laughs> 
I can tell you. Yeah, okay, I'll try my best. Um, the the setup of, oh, somebody just entered the room, or somebody just left the room, is such a, like... <laughs> Uh, so the the realization I realize this doesn't relate as much to Pokeroo as I want it to, but I just I'll always invoke Pokeroo whenever possible. Don't invoke Pokeroo. <laughs> oh no, I've said it three times it's oh, gonna appear. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it really does feel comedy of errors is how you put it. It's a dark comedy of errors. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. It is very charming. It is also had in it I, the earliest instance of a thing that I love, which is a slow zoom on somebody who's thinking and it uses beep boop synthesizer noises to indicate that they're using the full power of their brain. <laughs> the power of the human mind, <laughs> mind, mind. <laughs> Just a slow zoom on. It happens like three times, I think. Oh or there's the first time I was like, that was very silly. But, <laughs> but then it happens like five minutes later. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's true, and it is it is even funnier <laughs> as it goes on. Reminded me of like the Kill Bill siren kind of, <laughs> where you know something bad is about to happen <laughs> because Walter Matthau is thinking. Yes, very hard. Like he, very hard. The thing of like he's stressing, he's flexing like the lower eyelid of like, oh come on, brain, you can do it. It's so funny. It really, it really is. Like, it doesn't feel like it's night from 1971. Like, it does and it doesn't. The yeah. the whole, if you just redid the movie, like, beat for beat, it would just be like, oh, a 2021 comedy. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I feel like if it were more, if it were less tongue-in-cheek, it would be like a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Yeah. If it were a little more esoteric, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it somehow rides this line of, like, it is... It's goofy, but also, yeah, he's going to kill that woman. He's going to kill her. Like, it's, it's really, like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I, if the, I will always do the, like, if this was today, they'd try and make you, like, empathize with Matthew to be like, oh, he may want to kill her, but he's actually nice or something. And there is absolutely, like, every opportunity to prove that he's a piece of shit. They're just like, yes. They go for it. Yeah, he, he there's no... I think he really enjoys playing a sack of shit. Yes. That, like, that total of a sack of shit. Like, he's he's having a good time. Yeah. It's just, he's just exasperated at all times. Like, you can tell that he would, he would rather murder everyone <laughs> than have to make conversation for two minutes. Like, he yeah. would much rather murder them. Like, the Twilight Zone where it's one man left on Earth and he breaks his glasses. Like, <laughs> Matha would love that scenario. It would be so inter- Like, maybe one person to bring him drinks. Yeah, and maybe. And that, yeah, that would be ideal. It is firmly established that he cannot fend for himself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> A big highlight for me in this movie is early on, there's a scene... Uh, where his lawyer is trying his damnedest to explain to him how he's broke. Yeah. Or his accountant, I guess, not lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's not sinking in. Oh my god, it's and, so fun. Like, talking to a brick wall, and you can tell that the accountant is slowly like, oh no, he doesn't understand what not have money yeah. means. Help me. <laughs> the, the, I think the exact line is like, uh, you have no money, you're out of money. Uh, there's gotta be another way I can say this. <laughs> I wish there were... Another way for me to say that. And he that, looks directly but, uh, in camera. He goes, "Nope, that's it. You're yep. out of money." <laughs> it's just that you're just. There's no more money. There's no more money. You're out of it. Uh, I love it. It's oh so my great. god. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's very. I don't know why I always. I oh no. I'm now. I won't be able to think of the actor's name. But yeah, that that um, that accountant is very good. Mm. Oh, he didn't it, look that familiar to me. No, um, it's it's not him. But it's like I'll I'll look it up. Oh, okay, somebody yeah. who is. He reminds you of somebody's delivery, like that kind of thing? Yes, yeah. exactly. Anyway. 
It doesn't matter. He's very good. It's just a very quiet, like, he becomes more desperate as the scene goes on of, like, I don't want to be having this conversation anymore. Yeah. Get he, him out of my office. He's got a, like, real ripcord moment of, like, tell you what, I paid yeah. your bad debts. Just shut up and leave. Yeah, yeah, he literally, like, puts, you know, puts the folder face down on his desk and steeples his <laughs> fingers and just goes, this has been the worst job of my entire life. I need you to leave and never come back. Yeah. Just, yeah. And that's... He goes into how not only does he dislike, like, just, not only does the lawyer dislike Matthew, he goes on about how his family doesn't like him, uh, how he thinks it was a cruel joke for uh, his Matthew's uncle to have to be his guardian. Like, his uncle thinks that the family played a joke on him by making him responsible for Matthew. Yeah. It's great. I love it. And there's none of this, like, there's no real redemption for Matthew. There's just, like, a realization of, like, oh, he really is as toothless and clawless as you might expect uh, yep. in the end. One of the one of the funniest parts for me is when he's... It's finally sunk in that he is broke. Hmm. He has... What is... He's been taking in 90000 a year, and he's been living on 200000 a year. Like, that was his... He said <laughs> to his accountant, like, those are the numbers I'd like to live on, please. <laughs> Um, but it's finally sunk in, and he's mournfully wandering around oh Man- Manhattan, like, tenderly saying farewell to, to like, the fancy cars and, and the restaurants and, like, the box at the opera or whatever, and, like... I just, forget about the montage. It's just so funny. It, he looks, he genuinely looks like he's holding back tears the whole, just oh, absolute yeah. hangdog look. And the, the, you know, the staff at the restaurants that he wander into, like, oh, can we help you with Mr. Graham? He's like, I just wanted to look at it one last time. And like, <laughs> I don't know if there is an actual single tear, but he's yeah. got the sound of a single tear in his voice the entire time. Yes, just rolling down the cheek. Oh, right. It is and- so funny. The music, just the... <laughs> The wistful music. It's great. And I believe the end of that montage is when he's like, well, gotta kill myself. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, what would I do without all my things? (laughs) It's very funny. Walter Matthau is genuinely a very funny person. So funny. I want to just watch more. Like, I know that, like, Grumpy Old Man and all that kind of stuff. Like, he's well known as a comedic actor, but watching this made me want to, like delve into stuff of his to like I just want to look may see him look sad at yeah. things. <laughs> He's very arch the whole movie too. Yes. Like I, I think he does he must have gotten a kick out of playing this character because it is just like just have fun with it. Everything I read was that he when it was happening he was like, I don't get it, but I'll just do it, whatever. And then it came out and was like, this is a funny movie. <laughs> a true artist <laughs> does not seek to understand. Yes, he just he's a conduit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, I just as we've been talking, realizing that like there's a specific kind of comedy that this is, and I can't really figure it out. This feels like a sketch movie, like a sketch comedy movie, like to me. Like <laughs> it feels like the Blues Brothers, exactly. where all you have is like premise, and then just watch that premise. And it's just oh, to you. let's get my buddy to play the barrister. Yeah. Uh, let's get uh, friggin' Jack Weston's a friend of mine. Let's get him to come in. And Maybe do. that's why it feels like it's just like okay, it's Walter Matthau and Elaine May, and then a stable of characters yeah. where you could easily just slot in like, you know, Chevy Chase is the is the butler or whatever. Yes. Like it feels like that kind of energy where everyone is so funny on their own. Yeah, like if if the individual character actors were like. This would be cameo central yes. by today's yeah. measure, but that's like, the one thing that would change if it were yeah. done today. Yes, like exactly. it would be, it's like not that it's not a household 
movie name huh. necessarily, but it would be it would be like a Muppet equivalent. Like yeah. it is just <laughs> all this is is to moving from one cameo to the next. Yeah, this is the knives out of, of yes. uh, yeah. There's Black involved and some mansions. Hey, yeah, there you go. All right, okay, okay. <laughs> Rich people are terrible. Yeah. Oh my. Oh God. yeah. Wait a second. This is pretty good. No, there's one. Oh shit. Well, yeah. There's one nice lady in it. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that they're all trying. Yeah, everyone's trying to take advantage of. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next episode, <laughs> Knives Out 2, A Newer Leaf. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. something about pruning trees, knife. There's a pun in there. Yeah. I'm not going to do the work to find it, though. I'm just going to talk about it so We're it seems like We're going to leave that with you, the listener. Yeah, that's your homework. <laughs> you can reach us at, and then I give Aaron's uh, personal email. <laughs> do not submit things to me, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So some fun things. So this is our first Elaine May movie. Yeah. Which there's not a, a lot of them uh, that she directed. She wrote a lot. But yeah. uh, how did you how did you enjoy Elaine May's uh, style? The comedic stylings of Elaine May. Sti- it felt like I was watching like a British sitcom in mm. in that way of like the the takes. Did not drag is absolutely not the word. They just went on for long enough that it became. It bounced up against surreal, mm. and then it like, and that's just what crystallized it into funny for me. Right. The the bit where sh- they're trying to help her get her like Grecian style dress on, <laughs> and he's like, "That's your that's a, that's a hole for your arm. Your head is where is your head hole? Where is your head hole?" And just <laughs> it goes on for so much longer than you think it's going to, and it you know. But it's and it's just very dry, and the the very pauses dry. in between things that happen really sell it for me. Yeah, I I love that style of directing where it's just like you don't it it's clearly much harder than it looks. Yes, it has to be because it lands so well. And we've seen bad like everyone's seen bad versions of yes, that. Yeah, yes, exactly. and like yeah, it does the the comedy wheel thing of like oh this is a funny scene thing ha 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 and then it gets awkward <laughs> okay, and then it. it comes back around to like oh it's still going on this yep. is actually very funny yeah yeah it's great <laughs> pretty yep. like that and the scene where he's proposing to her and he has to like Matthew like yells at May in the middle of his proposal because she won't stop like f- fussing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. and he's also kneeling on broken glass yeah. at the time I think yep. yeah yeah. <laughs> Because she has knocked over a... A clumsy botanist. I wonder if this is the first... Is this the first instance of, like... I'm sure there's, like, a Marilyn Monroe movie where she's a klutz or whatever. But, mm. like, this is this seems like a really, mm. like, well-formed instance of, like, oh, the dizzy, silly girl yeah. who wins him over in the end because she just can't help being so goofy. Like, yeah, it, it feels like the, the archetype of that. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of, like, what's the... what Like... Is it like dizzy academic? Is that like? I guess yeah, just like just, not grounded yeah. in in real life. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. not grounded. It like can't can't hold a teacup. Can't do yeah. it. Yeah, an academic is definitely part of it. Or maybe she runs an art gallery. Or mm. do you know what I mean? Like, yes, she is not connected to the ground. Yeah, anyway. exactly. <laughs> maybe literally. Funny. <laughs> I guess it's, no. It's not exactly like manic pixie. But it's no, but I feel like they're just, uh, mildly related. Like there, yeah. there's some Venn diagram yeah, stuff yeah, going yeah, on there. Yeah, there's a little curve of circle that yeah. belongs to both. Yeah, I I know that watching this, I absolutely would like to. The other big ones in her yevre, yevre. Uh, there's like heartbreak <laughs> kid is supposed to be really great. Everybody's talking about because mm. of Charles Grodin's recent passing. That's right. Yes. Um, 
And uh, Mikey and Nikki is not a comedy. It's just a gangster movie that I want to watch now. Because I feel like, oh, what's she going to bring to that with uh, friggin' Columbo, starring Columbo? Seriously? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, right. so we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. You gotta watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's just, I just got some fun facts for you that <gasps> Lay it on me. you may or may not know about Elaine May and the movie industry. One thing that um, I think comes through and kind of keyed me into, oh, this feels like a sketch comedy movie. She was like a stage comedian. Right. Uh, and that's what she's mostly known for. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, and I should have written it down, but uh, the guy <laughs> who made The Graduate, that's his big thing. Oh, Mike Nichols? Mike Nichols, yeah. yeah. They were a comedy duo right? for a long time, and they were right, like right. writing partners, so a lot of the unwritten rule of Elaine May movies and Mike Nichols movies are that like they helped each other write them. So oh, sure. They, yeah, a lot of their voice is similar for that reason. Sure, sure. So it's, it's not... Officially uh, or otherwise. Yeah. And I think there's a couple instances where it is official, but like, yeah, they're oh. just like comedy buddies. And I also like that, um, like a lot of comedians say that like, oh, she was a breakthrough uh, person for me to watch and it made me want to get into comedy for a lot of people. My two favorites that I saw on the list were Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin. Amazing. Was, yeah. Oh, that's so precious. Which, as soon as I saw Steve Martin's name on that list, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Like, I can see taking this and going the anti-comedy route that Steve Martin did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just very, like, ride right up against the edge of it. Just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the journey with this movie that I really like is that, um, like I said, she was originally writing it uh, and wasn't supposed to direct. She also wasn't supposed to star. She was just writing this and was going to hand it off. She had... Oh. She was supposed to kind of st- stop then. Um, <laughs> Just get paid and leave. Yeah, okay. but uh, uh, she got lasted into directing kind of because her agent made a cool deal for her. And she was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll step in and do that. Why not? Uh, and she also, like I said, wasn't supposed to star, but she vetoed all of the um, starring actresses because they were all, they, w- they kept putting forward like huge names for it. Like... Uh, people at the time that would have been like real head turners like to put on the marquee to get people to come out Uh, and she vetoed all them because she's like no this has to be somebody that like even when she's on screen you barely notice that she's there like she has to have (laughs) so little charisma that Matthew has to do everything this is a real like did you guys read the script or and weirdly enough she didn't love uh, Matthew for the role originally but that was like part of the negotiation was like this is going to be a Matthew vehicle so he was like connected I think before she was directing even Mm, okay yeah I, I know that this is just like we're in our thirties. Whatever. It is it is Don't it tell is, them. <laughs> sorry. I just turned nineteen. Oh, looking sharp, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um part part of watching so many movies and like finding a director and being like, Wow, that was great. They always worked with this person. Wow, their work is great. Just like following all of these threads just leads you to like, man, there were Walter Matthau was the hottest shit yeah. in, like, 1969. Yeah. Just, like, it's it's so funny to me that there were just those pockets of time when, like, you could that just have, was the household name. Like, yeah, well, real, obviously we'll have Walter Matthau. Let's get the real dumpy, sad-looking guy, <laughs> and he'll be our the face of this. Just the doughiest, crotchetiest man. That'll, that'll sell. Normalize bringing back doughy, borderline not-attractive people <laughs> to star in things. 
Honestly, yes. Yeah. The 70s absolute goldmine for like, I'm watching this with, I'm enjoying this more because no one in it looks good at all. And there's not like, Matthew makes so much, like you, you can't, you gotta laugh at his face. His face is so funny. His face is great. He's got this like Grim Reaper body <laughs> where yeah. like all of his weight is in his shoulders and, and his he jowls. needs to keep it there or he'll die. Like yeah. there's, there's this like desperation <laughs> there's to it. in it, yeah. <laughs> and he just stalks around the whole yeah. time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's wonderful. I feel like in this movie more than any others, he's got that exact thing, and his like arms are limp all the time. So yeah. whenever he's turning, his arms are just flapping it's around, just gangly but <laughs> menacing. A person who's never had to take account of their own like personage before. No, he's never had to like squeeze through a room. Yeah. Like people will just get out of his way. <laughs> Marvelous. Uh, anyway, yeah. One other, one other really. This is a bit of a longer thing, but I think it's great. So. You, sorry. You. Oh, sorry. I just realized I might have cut you off. So uh, Elaine May did not want Matthew. She originally wanted. Or she to, was like, eh. she didn't name anybody else, but she was just kind of ambivalent toward him. Okay. All right. Uh, but then they started shooting it. She's like, yeah, that's great. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, I should have taken note of the actresses that she vetoed, but it was like uh, the equivalent of saying like, well, no, we can't have Selena Gomez in this movie. Like, we can't have uh, this amazingly attractive person just right. like drawing it because she needs to appear undesirable. Is the right, that's the joke. Yeah. Is that he has to be like the bottom of the barrel yeah. is this woman. Yeah. So she stepped forward and said, I'll do it. The way that I read Girl, it... Girl, get your self-esteem up. <laughs> the way that I read it was, it was a like... I hope it was exactly this. This is my headcanon of this. Okay. Uh, that she kept vetoing and vetoing, and the producers were like, well, then why don't you do it? And she's like, maybe I will. And then by the time the camera's pointed at her, she's oh, like, oh, shit, shit I'm actually doing it. We're doing it right now? Okay. <laughs> I was not... Oh, oh. <laughs> but she's used to being on camera. She's a stage comedian, so perfect sure. fit. I wonder if there was an element of like, well, it was my first directing. Like, mm. who gives a shit how this goes? It's fine. I'll get paid regardless. Like, I'm not gonna not write in the in the future mm. because you know. Actually, kind of the opposite. She was. Oh. She wanted to be in control of of so so much. She worked into her contract oh. that she would have final cut on everything. Um, oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And yet. Well, this, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Am I re- okay. <laughs> you are remembering right. Okay. Because this movie is a hundred minutes long, a nice tight uh, little tight hundo. Tight hundo. Uh, Elaine May's intended release cut is one hundred and eighty-five minutes. Oh my god! Just over three hours. No, absolutely not, <laughs> Elaine. So because she had finally cut in her contract, she was like, "This is what it's going to be." Okay. And everyone was telling her. No, this sucks. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, cut this out. I'm, I'm doing this for you. Uh, like, everybody was trying to pressure her into the lower runtime. Uh, none of the actors were really, like, went on record about it, but mm. they, like... Yeah, you don't want to. Ultimately, yeah. Matho is like, it's a great movie. Why would you want a longer version of this? It wor- it doesn't work if it's longer. That's right. kind of what a lot of people uh, kind of said when it was realized that there was this longer cut that existed. Yeah. She kept the master of it under her bed so that no one would take it. Because she was afraid people would take it and just put oh, it out just there. throw out the... And just, like, cut it into something that they would yeah, want right. to put out and distribute it. Because that 180-minute cut oh. was all that existed for quite a long time. <laughs> okay. Uh, this cut included three different subplots that are cut out from uh, the actual movie. Okay. Um, and I like the sound of... I like the idea of them. Okay. They are... Um, the Two of the subplots have to do with Henry murdering... For Henrietta, he... Oh. Yeah, which is kind of like, oh, this kind of 
in a really fucked up way, is a way to, like, get you on Henry's side. Yeah. It's presented as, oh, Henry... Uh, we we laughed a lot about this. We're like, he's so cheap that he's unwilling to pay for his own poison. Yes, so my he... review of this movie is that he is the absolute sitcom husband. He wants to murder his wife, but he's too lazy to buy his own poison. Yeah, so he's trying to like outsource his poison gathering. <laughs> he's um, like, well, if it's not literally in the building, I'm not going to go buy poison. Yeah. And while he's trying to come across a source for it, he... I can't like I don't know that the specifics of this are written down anywhere, but there's something about there are people that are essentially siphoning off Elaine May's money. Uh, this does appear though, it does. right? She, yeah, and the, it's, the it's, house staff that she employs, like she's yeah. too dizzy and and you know she's not paying attention to the house finances. And and Matthew fires all of them. That's the first step. The next right. step is there's like uh, uh, we talk, we meet up with her lawyer lawyer later, um, but uh, there's a, some other characters that are like falsifying records to kind of siphon money off and like there's a lot of the this just oh she's dizzy we'll take advantage of her exactly yeah. what henry's doing and he goes and kills them oh, he, okay. he poisons them he poisons two different people who are who are doing this and he, the idea to him is he's saying like oh this is protecting my money for the future sure sure but the audience is supposed to come away with oh he loves her and doesn't realize it yet right okay. and he's doing this out he's of like, devotion no, i just want the money yeah Right? And have this big moment or whatever? Yeah, like there's uh, there, none of the script stuff I could find anywhere. But I, okay. my takeaway was that, that that's that's supposed to foreshadow the ultimate ending. Mm. Which to me felt like it came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, yeah, yeah. I could see reading it either way. So those... Oh, that's funny. I think I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. I think I would have too. Because that, that also, yeah, it just builds to something rather than feeling like a sketch movie where it's yeah. yours. Well, and then you have this thing of like, no, he totally, okay, well, spoiler. <laughs> he does not murder his wife. Um, she is He's one so of the good ones. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> feminism, boys. Um, he does not murder her. And it, if, if he had murdered, I guess murder is a strong word. He doesn't allow, he doesn't even allow her. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't manslaughter her. He doesn't allow her to drown in like a, a, you know, boating accident. Um, if, if he had murdered someone or someone, like some of the former staff earlier in the movie, I feel like it would have been more of a, like, you would have seen that he's capable of mm. actively murdering. Yeah. Someone. And, he can, and then poison. when he can't do it, yeah. is that correct? <laughs> it's a poison dart gun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well-known Chekhov instrument of murder. Yes. <laughs> when, yeah. When when he can't like he can't do it at the end, he can't let her die. And I feel like that would be an even like oh he totally could have, and we saw him do it. But yeah. He can't when it's her. Because the ending That's as nice. it is now, it like obviously is implying he actually loves her, and yeah. it's all nice and sweet. But there is part of me that's just like oh he's just unwilling to like take the final step in his plan because he's a rich person who doesn't want to get his hands dirty like that's <laughs> what it feels that like that feels more like oh, i don't want to do paperwork yeah uh the other thing that the 180 minute cut i'm gonna keep saying because it it's insane that you would make a comedy that's three hours long um that uh, there was apparently a more biting critique of um, misogynism in there. Oh, which gracious. I'm sad that that's not in there because it doesn't feel like a not misogynistic movie <laughs> necessarily. Um, I guess it's, yeah, it's got that thing of, of you know, the 70s mm. <laughs> where it's not, I don't know. I guess the it's it's different because it's it's written by a woman, but mm. it is just like, 
here it's very clear that the misogyny is here's how Henry sees women, yes. not here's what women are like. And it's a different flavor of misogyny than we're used to seeing because it's not even that very he's like, so. man, women are dumber, and he's just like, I hate humanity, and therefore yeah. I don't want to marry a woman. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just very and all of the women each have like yeah Henry hates them all but for different varied reasons and like it's clear that the problem is him. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Know? He's a misanthrope. <laughs> yeah, giving us misanthropes a bad name. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not aligned with Henry Graham. <laughs> yes, no, we are not Henry Graham's supporters. Uh, so you might be surprised to learn that the studio took issue with the idea of having. Um, audiences empathize with a literal murderer. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, so and also okay. selling Walter Matthau's image, kind of. Like, this was a time when, you know, care studios would care about, well, I guess they still kind of do, but they'd care about, like, oh, we can't have the guy who stars in these light comedy movies be a murderer because right. everyone will associate that with him and they won't buy movies right. Do you f- it's so funny. Like, that That feels like the absolute last time people gave a shit about that. I am not privy to, like, I don't care about studio <laughs> discourse, but, like... Yeah, that seems yeah. like like the last time I can think of in like movie history, not knowing very much about it, mm-hmm. is when Henry Fonda was in Once Upon a Time in the West because the the shock is that this like wonderful, yeah. wholesome, upright guy is like a murdering rapist. That's that's and you're supposed to feel that betrayal yeah. by casting, like you know, by casting him as as this awful person. Yeah. And then I think at what was that, sixty seven, and then after that, everyone was like, no, well, no one cares. <laughs> this is just four years after. It's that. an actor. Yeah. Go. Okay. Pretty All right. Fair. Fair. Um, so, uh, I couldn't find the particulars on this, but someone stole the film canister from under Elaine May's bed, <gasps> cut it into a hundred minutes, <gasps> uh, and distributed it. Who did this? Uh, couldn't find the specifics on it, but someone did. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. So she sued, uh, she tried to get her name taken off of the movie in its entirety, which really? is really hard when your face your is f- in most of it. <laughs> you star in it. Uh, but, so she sued wow. Paramount. Uh, and yeah, who do you sue when, like, I mean, sue- clearly it was someone from Paramount, but, like, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so she wanted to get her 180-minute cut out, or at least get paid more for, like... I guess, It's the yeah. artistic thing of, like, oh, you paid me for a thing to do, and then I didn't get to do that thing right, so now yeah. my reputation is affected by... Well, and, and her contract says final yeah. cut. Yeah, breach of contract. So how did they get a... Yeah, breach of contract. Uh, she lost the case, though. How possibly? Because... Literally, this is all I could find. I'm sure there's more out there. I am just uh, armchair Googler. But uh, the <laughs> Disgusting. the judge sided with Paramount, citing the movie as hilarious, and thus there was no reason for a longer cut to be released. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get a legit spit take on oh, the radio. No. That was really close. <laughs> I thought we were going for legalese. No. I wasn't expecting. Sorry. So in the judge's verdict. He cited the existing cut as hilarious. hilarious. Why would you want to change that? <laughs> it's a good product. Leave it no, alone. can't be what happened. <laughs> and I'm sure hearty helpings of misogyny in that case. I got to well. assume. Female director is not the biggest uh, working group at that time. Not a lot of sway. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> there's gonna be that was my interpretation of reading it, but there's there I'm sure oh. you can find the l- real reasons. That's literally so, I lifted that quote. That quote is the judge cited quote hilarious cited the movie as hilarious <laughs> and oh. thus sided with Paramount. Can you imagine <laughs> Can you imagine the person typing up that paperwork and like you want 
you want me to put this down as the legal <laughs> The reason? stenographer is just, like, yeah. looking between their machine, the judge, machine, judge, machine, judge. Just like. so, so the judge's argument is that it was so funny that it shouldn't matter? Yeah. That it wasn't her, because people will like it anyway? Yeah, saying Not that, like, the people case will, at hand, yeah, buddy. Yeah, no, breach of contract, like, all these, like, hey, reading between the this. lines of this, like, third-party source, whatever, uh-huh. uh, not primary source. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> was uh, that the judge was like, this is as good a product as you could put out. So, and S- if you put out a longer cut, it's not going to be as good as this, so they did you a favor. Like, Whoa! that was kind of how Okay, it, that's, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, do, do, they, do we think Paramount paid this judge to, like, oh, that's 100%. great advertising. Yeah, like, I am... That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's that's bonkers. <laughs> like to be like, the question before the court is, did you did Paramount breach the contract? And the judge just kind of like it doesn't in. matter. <laughs> it was like, funny. Oh, this movie rocks! That's you guys at Paramount are doing a good job. Cheers! He's got a mai tai <laughs> in a lawn chair. There's definitely an umbrella and a drink involved <laughs> here. That is bonkers. I can't believe I can't believe that. Can't believe that. Now I'm really mad for her, but it is such a funny Send thing. any corrections to at GartbidgePod on Twitter. <laughs> Please let us know if you have... Oh, man, if we I'm still going to believe that this is the, the truth of it, but if you give me more facts, <laughs> then I'll... Yeah. I will gladly learn the facts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so I great. thought that was fun. <laughs> and I'm glad you agree. Just by by the like, I can see you tracing the journey. <laughs> I'm I'm just just to be Elaine May in that courtroom and be like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god! Did she at least get paid or something? Like, I guess if the if he didn't rule breach of contract, then she wouldn't have gotten paid even. Like no, she no, she got no, paid sorry, for her sorry. services. Um, pa- like paid the the penalty for for like what you would have to pay if you. That I don't know, oddly. There are a lot of things of, like, she... This became, like, a thing for her. She went crazy over budget and crazy over shooting time. Oh, really? she was kind of coming from... Like, obviously, it's still breach of contract, but I am sure Paramount would have argued, like, look how bad of a job she did on paper, because... Right. And that's something that kind of plagued her her short directing career, was going way over budget. Ah. Yeah. Just have so many ideas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a movie. What okay. a movie. All right. This innocuous little thing full of so many... Oh, twists and turns, and I just... Oh, yeah. So now is a good time to move on to what... what I, we've mostly talked about this, but do you have any other big takeaways from A New Leaf from 1971? You know, it's it feels... It, it seems like it's going to be so formulaic of, mm. like... You know, you start out hating each other, or not even. It, I guess it's yeah. it's very funny in that like he's just consumed by this like I have to murder her, and she has literally less than zero clue. Just going tra la la la. This is the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, plants, and yeah. And so it it feels like it's just going to be like, and then he realizes like she wins him over or mm. whatever with the pureness of her heart. Um, she won me over, so that's yeah. Uh, yeah she does. She's very cute. <laughs> But there's, there's, I, the, the part that I like and that I take away from it is like, it's not even, it's not that the, the love interest in this story is like so pure and wonderful that she turns him around and he mm. becomes like a better person. It's all, it, he kind of goes through this thing where like, 
so as as he's you know they get married mm. and he's moving into her house and he fucking cleans house yes, like it's does. it's obviously it starts out as a like I don't like your style and mm. your decor I'm taking over the house but it turns into and and his butler comments on it a little bit later on of like you know you've you've turned into like you seem happier yeah. when you're when you're ordering people around when you have like a staff to manhandle but you seem more confident and you seem more you're you're having ideas and you have plans and like you're enjoying yourself and and it, it's he just does this little throwaway like i just think it's funny you just seem like you're you're more you yeah. now that you've like moved in and and he kind of like oh what no it's not kind of see him thinking it over but i like yeah. the idea that you know you don't need this love interest to like come and rescue you from yourself or whatever like he was just surrounded by rich assholes so there's only ever that mirror of like just rich mm. asshole, assholes everywhere and that's what you have to be to but like there was this not horrible person inside him the whole time and <laughs> not that as, as horrible that's, person yeah not as horrible that's as far as i'm gonna go with it but like <laughs> that's as good as it gets but he just like he slowly kind of discovers these things that he likes about himself of like yeah. oh i'm really good at like running the house and yeah and he thinking like of like you know he nests really well and, and he's he got takes over like for... the the finances and... yeah and he enjoys doing it and it's like satisfying to him and he like he achieves some some piece of like personal satisfaction and meaning would you that's say not connected to like being loved at <laughs> it's just like for himself so if you had to describe this in three words would you say that he nope four words turned over <laughs> a new leaf five words oh my god <laughs> i had a new leaf stuck in my head would you say he a new leaf <laughs> a new leaf is going to become the <laughs> yeah. becoming the joker over time <laughs> i'm gonna turn over a new leaf <laughs> Um, yep yeah but it it, that that is a i it's so trite but it is just like that's a wonderful metaphor for it of like it's the same leaf you're just Mm -hmm. looking at a new side of it that's all he doesn't abandon his old self or anything he's still his old self but he's using it for good yeah you know what i mean yeah it has a real like the the one issue where like iron man's enemy becomes his ally just to like help out (laughs) he's got that like okay he's a bad guy but but like he's doing, he's doing good, okay good for work, yeah, right you know. Yeah. Also, I like that I chose Marvel properties. I'm like, I can't remember. I haven't seen a Marvel I was movie in like say, 10 years. Wait, who are you talking about? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. That's that. Yeah, it's a it's a rom com or mm-hmm. whatever, but it, it does have actual personal growth in it. Yeah, like it speaks to obviously Matthew's great, but like the writing in this is so good. It really is it's so amazing. good. Like everything is like yeah, the you know, the end comes up a little abruptly, but it has been the whole movie is about whether or not he's going to murder. Uh, yeah. Her. And so, you have to remember the end is coming up most almost everything that was cut was in the final act. Yeah. So right. that's coming up abruptly because they cut out an hour. <laughs> <laughs> cannot believe it. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and side with the judge on this one on on you know just the merits yeah Aaron's a, a big 90 minute runtime. love my bit. 90 minutes 90 minutes or three and a half hours <laughs> nothing in between please yeah so three hours no good okay yeah yeah, yeah. I like that. what about you uh well obviously Elaine May and Walter Matthau are both very funny that so is funny. 
I agree. I just love discovering Elaine May in this. This is like... Yeah, people this were, is really nice. Yeah, people were just talking about it. Big online energy for Elaine May past yeah. couple months. I, I can't um, figure out why that is, but I'm into it. It's yeah, it's fun. great. Yeah. It, it got us to watch it. And, and I, like, same thing of you're expecting it, oh, here's a trite rom-com. Yeah. And within, like, five minutes, you're like, oh, this is different from every other rom-com. Yeah. This is... It's... Not even romantic, really. I don't it know is that you not romantic. No. <laughs> no, everything is just manipulation. Yeah. But, um, yeah. The two big things that stood out for me, this is a very good movie to watch if you hate rich people, um, <laughs> because it confirms all of your biases, uh, which is my way of saying I loved this movie. Uh, <laughs> I got confirmed the shit out of. Uh, this is... Um, what did I write down here? That a rich person would rather die or kill themselves uh, or others than experience any measure of uncomfortableness. Yes. Uh, let alone poverty. Uh, which I think we all know that, but it's nice to see it out <laughs> yeah. there. It's nice to just have it written down. Represented in fiction for us. Uh, and the only way, uh, I've often thought this, the only way to make rich people care about anything is to make it about them. Right, yeah. Um... And, like, the big thing that makes Henry realize that he loves Henrietta is uh, that she names a species of plant after him. And he's, mm-hmm. like, achieved immortality. And it's, like, him realizing that while she's basically drowning is what <laughs> yeah, makes... Yeah, he's having this, like, epiphany. Yeah, he, like, notices the plant and he's like, hey, Henrietta, come look at this. And she's drowning. He's like, it's the plant. It, I found Gurgling it. Gurgling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, like, uh, I like seeing those things really starkly presented like there's no asking for forgiveness of it it's just like here is what this is yeah here's this guy's deal yeah so i like that a lot yeah fair big recommend i'm not a big romantic comedy guy i like them when they're good and this is a very good one this is an excellent one big recommend be prepared to enjoy facial expressions (laughs) for yeah an hour and 40 minutes one of our greatest faces yeah (laughs) Absolute top tier face. Yeah, on if that you, guy. more face energy. Go watch Taking a Pelham One Two Three, oh, the original one. Yeah. Great face energy in there. Yeah, fantastic. Faces. <laughs> uh, but now it is time for us to move on to a segment to be named later. Still, um, <laughs> we're so lazy. So so this. bad at remembering to name things. That's mostly what we're coming down. Yeah, to. yeah. Um, not big namers. I don't like labels. Yeah. There's you a lot know. of marquee talk in this. What about Marquis de Sade? No, oh, that's no good. That's no good. Uh, there's Depends no bad idea. on the movie. Depends <laughs> on the movies. This is true. Uh, so uh, let's each use this movie to program a double bill complete with the aforementioned marquee title. Yes. Erin, uh, you said you wanted to go first this time. Yes. So I will, yeah, I'll while you get your notes out. Thank you. I kind of ambushed you there. No, it's fine. Um, I We do this literally every time. I yeah. know it's coming. Um, yeah, so the the movie that I've chosen, well, let me do a little run-up. Yes. Um, the thing that I liked about A New Leaf is that there is this, like, rom-com energy, but the people involved don't don't do a full 180 and change who they are mm. which which I is the part I don't like about rom-coms of like you just leave your job behind and like no you wanted that job you're yeah. it's going to you're going to hate this in two years <laughs> um they just adjust and they they like slowly and painfully develop mm. in like inwards yeah. it's not about changing for the other person they just become slightly better yeah like maybe it's recognizing a bad habit and changing that or just changing behavior not 
Yeah. Yeah. And just being like, I, I could contribute to our marriage by running the finances because I enjoy it and it leaves more time for her to do her work. Like, yeah. just, oh, look how that worked out. <laughs> Fun. Anyway, so yeah, just not not changing. No one learning a lesson, quote unquote, but just like, oh, it just turns out, yeah, they just kind of adjusted to each other. Mm. Anyway, so the movie that I'm going to pick to double bill with it, and I think... We should do this one first, and okay. then a new leaf, is The Lady Eve from 1941. Mm. Speaking of Henry Fonda, yes. I guess, yes. Got Fonda brain. Fonda on the brain! <laughs> um, Barbara Stanwyck, so good. I can see in 1941, people were like, oh, it's Barbara Stanwyck, oh my god. People it's falling so over hot. each other to get into the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, he's really good. He's reading a book. The the, the he's, this is my. I'm never. I'm gonna go to my grave, and I'm gonna. The last thing I think about on this earth is gonna be that book he's reading on the cruise, which is "Are Snakes Necessary?" Question <laughs> mark. Which we the first thing we did when we finished that movie, you were googling like, "Is this a yeah, real book? Can I get this book? book? Where can I find the book? Ah! <laughs> did we ever find out if snakes are necessary? Um, oh God. But yeah, the the premise is that it's 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 reversed in this case where Henry Fonda is kind of like the dizzy you know yes. the 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 dizzy academic where he's a herpetologist is that right he studies snakes yes or lizards in general or hence something? why he's trying to discover if they're necessary there you go yes. like, you, should, you should figure that out before <laughs> yeah you should you already know your life. I, I think he's an <laughs> oh, amateur herpetologist oh, okay. I think because he's like he's a he's the um, I keep wanting to say heiress he's the heir to a to a brewery fortune basically, right right yes. Um, and so he's like, I'm not, daddy, I shan't. And he goes into <laughs> snakes instead. Um, the exact opposite of beer. Yeah, I've always said this. And so he's on this cruise, like he's coming back from an expedition to study snakes or whatever. And and she bumps into him and, or like word on the street is that, you know, because he's so rich, everyone knows he's on the boat. Yeah. And she and her father are like a pair of card sharps or whatever, like they're, they're con men. And she's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this guy for, uh, for his money. And then they just like genuinely develop feelings for each other over time but like you know each kind of wounds the other um she genuinely falls in love with him but he and he genuinely falls in love with her but then it's like revealed she tries to come clean but someone gets there first and so he's like fuck this i don't want to be with someone like you anymore and she's like fine i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend to be someone else but not even pretend very hard <laughs> i will not change anything about my appearance yes. <laughs> i think she does her eyebrows a little differently and, and wears a dress an and that's it yeah and has an accent um, something that's impossible to feign <laughs> he'll never suspect <laughs> and uh yeah and so the the whole movie is just them like not changing mm. no one ever like learns a lesson they and just like lay themselves more bare to each other yeah. yeah and it's it's just her using her you know the the things that she was doing all along which is tricking people to to get back the man she loves mm. and and he you know learns to forgive by being confronted by an even worse person somehow like you know it's not it's not wholesome it's really right. not like it's not a like wow and they were meant to be it's just like they just happened to fit together yeah. at this moment in time and they like each made a small change to themselves and like learned to live with a certain part of themselves or like adjust to the world in a certain yeah. way and 
Yeah, and so it's just like a, a rom-com about trickery, but you don't mind somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not it feels, weird. It does, no, none of it actually feels like a betrayal at any point. Like, I feel like movies yeah. after the 40s would try and make you invest more in the character to be like, and now you feel the betrayal that this person felt yeah. to make you emote more, and here it's more like, this is this is like a play, it's not real, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> it's not real, exactly. It's very <laughs> artificial, but yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, so that's that's my double bill, and uh, I'm so bad at coming up with the title. <laughs> what should I call a thing where it's like the same plot but gender swapped for for uh, for, for romantic each. comedies? Yeah. For I'll think for, about it. Yeah, I'll okay. think about it. I'll tumble this in the dryer of my brain while you are doing your one. Cool. Over okay. over to you. Uh, so I I I wasn't expecting Preston Sturgis. You pulling out mm. some Preston Sturgis. That. Yeah. I like that contrasted to mine because that's here are some similar here is some similar plotting here's some similar kind of like there's not dissimilar thematic stuff in my choice same premise I yeah guess. yeah similar general premise. premise and idea that you're watching two different filmmakers take on it uh, whereas I am choosing to uh, when I said my takeaways were mostly confirming my biases against uh, the ultra rich. Horrifying rich people. This uh, led me to want to put this alongside 1988's They Live. Oh, <laughs> nice. From nice. my personal JC, John Carpenter. <laughs> Have you accepted John Carpenter into your life? I'll just go door to door. Not gonna be copy. <laughs> we kind of do that now. Uh, copies of uh, They Live and The Thing. Just... Yep. Dark Star, just to be extra annoying. <laughs> what a about weird it. choice I would choose, but I like that for for. You can just, only get better. Is yeah. the idea. Yes. You're only a true fan if mm-hmm. I'll just I'll knock on people's gates and then gatekeep them about it. Uh, um, we need to have a uh, some kind of sit down about that word. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're sitting down right now. We'll talk about it later. Uh, they Live stars Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David. Roddy Piper. Uh, for and those... boy, does it star them. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A movie has never starred anyone as much as it stars these two. I'm sure John Carpenter is going to come up a lot on uh, this podcast yes. and how much we enjoy his works. He's great. Especially 80s John Carpenter. Actually, I should say only 80s John Carpenter. I don't know if we've seen anything past, like, uh Oh, maybe not. No, no, we have. And, yeah. like, the, you know, Halloween and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you have not seen They Live, it is a wonderful movie with lots of excellent lessons in it. Uh, it is... Um, I'll, I'll spoil a bit of it because it gives it away pretty much on the movie cover. Uh, yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper is a homeless drifter, and he is kind of... There's this foreboding sense to everything of like, oh, yeah, rich, powerful people are bad, aren't they? Oh, well, back to... Uh, <laughs> Our regular out scheduled in, programming. Yeah, hanging out in the tent city. And regular scheduled programming is... is they have a TV there that picks up signals. That That's true. There's somebody on there saying like, "Oh, the the those in power are are bad," and you're like, "Oh, that's a crazy signal. This antenna's picking up some newscast." Some, yeah, crazy guy on the TV. Yeah, bonk on it, then it goes back to their stories that they're watching. Uh, but Roddy Piper gets a pair of magical sunglasses that allows him to unveil the subliminal messages being sent to us. Is uh, this a fairy tale? Kind this of. This is a fairy tale. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's lots of things that he uncovers when he has the glasses on. Like, all advertisements say things like obey, consume, buy, like... Reproduce. Reproduce. And that those in power are actual aliens that have come Literal to... Literal aliens. Yeah, to, like, basically herd humanity into, like, a population that can just suck their resources out of. Yeah. 
So, uh, while the, wearing fancy watches, the best reaction is that when Piper's got these glasses on, he's like taking it all in. He's slack jawed. He's really taking it in. And the first thing he says after like seeing all this, he goes, "Ah, oh, figures it'd be something like this." <laughs> but like, oh, this confirms all of my biases. I that yes, knew it. it's aliens. <laughs> uh, they are putting in subliminal messages constantly. Ugh. Like he's he is phased, but not more than like. A half hour. He's mad. Yeah. He's not, like, shocked. He's like, oh, fucking knew I it. I knew it. Um, well, it was very, you know, I know the discourse is like, oh, Reaganomics, the quintessential 80s movie of, like, hey, look at how much stuff we've been taught to buy. Yeah. Don't follow the man. And it just happens to be like, it's not sinister. They just see you as cattle. Yeah. That's you're all. You're not a human yeah. like us or a... Being. <laughs> You're not an alien like yeah. that. <laughs> um, a lot of people tried to co-opt the... A lot of bad groups tried to co-opt the messaging of They mm, Live to Say It was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is about... John Carpenter is a white supremacist, and yeah. this is his way of saying that. And he had to come out, and it's like the only time he's ever commented on like, no, this is what this movie means. He means, just quite yeah. about that. Yeah. He just came out and said, no, all the aliens are just Reagan Republicans. Yeah. This is purely about me wanting to kill Reagan. <laughs> like, it's so... It's, just, it's very, like, I don't know how you could possibly have missed this, yep. but um, it's not about Jewish people. It's about how it's much about I hate Reagan's policies. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Another reason we love John Carpenter. He's, he's the working man's uh, filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. Uh, so, <laughs> for me, I chose this because it's no more complicated than both in A New Leaf and in this... Walter Matthau being the the person I'm mostly thinking of here. Mm. The ultra-rich are literal aliens that cannot conceive <laughs> of empathizing with a, with anybody beyond their personal experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole, the huge moment of clarity for him is that it might be bad. If it were him, yeah. he would not like to die. Yeah. And just like, just like managing <laughs> to apply that to another person. <sighs> I hate, I hate it. it. Yeah, yeah. And then his face goes droop and uh, <laughs> takes off his mask and he's an alien. Uh, Wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not keeping yeah. it any more complicated than that. What yeah. I would say is that the only thing, the only negative emotion that a new leaf brought out in me was whenever there's a story that's just like, here is through the ren- lens of a rich person. I'm always like, <laughs> uh, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I would watch a new leaf for just like a really good time that's that's mm. very funny. And then if you have those feelings, you watch They Live right afterward to really sort through all that. Yeah. Uh, There's something very cathartic about the like alley fight oh, that yeah. Roddy Piper and, and <laughs> Keith David have. Which talk was... about going on like the comedy oh. wheel of like it's still going. No. Um, but yes, very, when you said that I was like, Yeah, it is like they live. <laughs> Cinematic parallels. Yeah. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, Get that <laughs> shit out of our... Uh, we'll probably do this at some, yeah, <laughs> some episode. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but I, I am leaning into the dehumanization of the poor and mm. middle class here, and I'm naming my double bill billionaires art people. Love it. Love it. All I'm right. going full text. There's no subtext. <laughs> no subtext. Anything, which is, Billionaires are not people. Yeah, anymore. they live as, as it's full text pretty much. Like that's, oh, yeah. The oh, fact that anybody be. misinterprets it is hilarious to me. The fact that you me. tried to put subtext on it is like, no, 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 no. Walk it back. Yeah. Just stay where stay where it is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So my uh, and my recommendation for watching is in release order, which is <laughs> a new leaf. Stop saying life. that. I'll say it every time because it's very funny to me. Nope. 
I'm gonna unplug this machine right now. Yeah. Okay, what's your title? Go, 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 oh, go, I've go, been go, go, trying, go. Honestly, um, I'm gonna call it Snake in the Grass. Ah, I like snakes that. in the grass. Watch out for snakes in the grass. There you go. That's great. So here are uh, again. Yeah. I, I feel like they live. Yeah, they live rules. <laughs> that we're watching that next month. Yeah. It will be an oddity when we get to something that we don't say this, but I heartily recommend these three movies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, if we want to talk about it for any length of time, it's because we, we recommend them. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Preston Sturgis in general. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, there might be some overlap between Preston Sturgis and Elaine May in that, in that way yes. of, like... Well, satirization, you got that. They're yeah. both big, primarily writers that just directed so that they could get their own stuff done. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, definitely be checking out some more Elaine May in the future. Yeah. yeah, what a nice, uh, what a nice thing to discover. That was our, that was our fun discovery yeah. of of recent times. It's just like, holy crap, Elaine May. She rules. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts from ye? From me? Yeah. No. Um. Oh. Yeah. I'm. I'm. If anyone has any recommendations for rom coms that don't make someone into something they're not, go for it. Another good example. Send them along. When you were saying that, another good example I felt like was a Philadelphia Story feels like that where yeah uh, yeah Catherine yeah. Hepburn just doubling down and like no I suck uh <laughs> can I... <laughs> are you gonna love me or not yeah <laughs> you figure your shit Up out I'm you. staying the same yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about some good faces in Philadelphia story yes. as well oh yeah yeah cool well I just yeah. I was checking Maybe. if you had any closing thoughts so that you didn't uh we didn't have a repeat of last week <laughs> It's true. I'm going to jump in with like, oh no, a whole other tangent. No, I just heartily recommend all three of these movies. Yeah. Um, thanks for talking about them with me. Well, thank you. Uh, I look Gosh. forward to having lunch at this very table. <laughs> yeah, I uh, look forward to going nowhere. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's yeah, we we can go outside now by order of the government. Hooray. Yay. We'll still just stay and watch movies. <laughs> uh, you can find us at Pod on Twitter, G-A-R-T-B-A-G-E pod. Uh, and uh, Instagram as well. Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Macklebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. See you there. Yeah, and you can find me at Dick R. Navis. <laughs> Dick spelled like Richard R. Navis like Navis. Not helpful <laughs> at all. Those who want to find me will find me. that gatekeeping again. <laughs> On that note, please join us next time for another pile of garbage. Thanks, y'all.